0: On point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners and I'll be talking about a range of topics including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back. First episode of On Point for 2024. Still partially on leave at the moment, like many of you are, I'm sure we'll be fully back into the swing of things at the end of this month. But for today, I wanted to share a few thoughts on some of the big questions that I think investors are wondering about ahead of this year. Have we avoided a major economic downturn Will interest rates indeed fall this year? Will the housing market keep rebounding? Can international shares keep performing well? Will New Zealand shares catch up with international shares? And have I missed the boat if I've been on the sidelines for much of the past 12 months? So let's get straight into it. Has a major economic downturn been avoided? Well, the New Zealand economy has contracted in three of the last four quarters, and even though those declines have been quite small, Many would argue that we're already in recession and have been for much of this year. That period's also seen very strong population growth, so when you look at things on a per capita basis or a per person or a per household basis, we've definitely gone backwards. Now that shouldn't come as any great surprise. Uh, In the last two years we have seen the most aggressive increase in mortgage rates since the mid-1980s. So. With that in mind, you could in fact argue that we've actually held it together better than many would have hoped we would. The US economy also proved very resilient last year. But again, the jury's still out as to whether the US will fall into a recession of some magnitude uh, this year. Financial markets have definitely become much more confident that the US Federal Reserve, the central bank, might have done the near impossible and pulled off a soft landing. And with the inflation rate in the US sitting at 3%, having been at 9 and the economy still looking healthy, there is every chance they've done that. But some economists also see a slowdown on the horizon still. So I think a dose of caution is required when we're investing in the US market or or international markets across the board, to be honest. The good news is that if the US did fall into recession, it would be very likely to be a mild one rather than something which evokes memories of the GFC. So I think to summarise, you want to be optimistic. You want to be encouraged by what we've seen so far but you also just want to have an element of caution or defensiveness or safety built into your investment thinking. Second one, will mortgage and term deposit rates fall this year? Yeah, I think they will. I think this is as good as it gets for savers. You know, people with money in the bank sitting on deposit, And I think from here on, life should become easier for borrowers as well. We've got an OCR of 5.5%. That's where the official cash rate is. Now, that is the highest that we've seen since 2008. And when we look at the latest Reserve Bank of New Zealand forecast, which came out in November, we'll get a new set next month, but the November forecasts are the most current they suggest that the OCR won't fall below current levels until the middle of 2025 next year. However, uh, we have made some progress. Inflation has been falling faster than expected. We'll get some new data uh, in that regard later this month too. And financial markets are very much calling the RBNZ's bluff. Financial markets see four rate cuts in 2024, four quarter of a percent rate cuts, which would add up to 1% over the course of the year. And that could mean the OCR ends this year as low as 4.5% down from 55 And if that occurs, the one-year mortgage rate might be closer to 6 than where it is today, above 7 at about 73 And six-month deposit rates would also fall. At the moment, they're about 6% per annum, and they'd be down at about 5 maybe in the high 4s. So... Even if those OCR cut hopes prove optimistic, interest rates still look to be headed lower by some degree. So we might not get uh, as many cuts as markets are expecting. Some economists think we'll see a lesser amount. But either way, I think, yes, mortgage rates and term deposit rates will head lower in 2024. Will the housing market rebound continue? After surging to very high levels during the COVID period, house prices fell about 20% or almost 20% between late 2021 and May of last year, over that 18-month period. And since then, they've stabilised and they've rebounded by about 5%. So yeah, I think house prices will keep pushing higher. In 2024, you've got improving sentiment, you've got a friendlier policy backdrop with the new government in place, you've still got strong migration, and you've got the prospect of lower interest rates. So if I was in the market for a first home or a new home, uh, I would say there's, there's there's no reason to really wait. Uh, if the right one comes up and you're in a position to buy it, you may as well get a move on because prices will probably drift higher. Uh, and with mortgage rates at what I believe is is a peak, or we're we're close to a peak, at some point, those will start coming down, which will not only make your life easier as a borrower, but it could sort of give the market a bit more of a boost too. Having said that, I wouldn't get my hopes up, uh, or I wouldn't be too fearful of another major boom. There are still headwinds on the horizon for the housing market, such as rising unemployment, which has been drifting higher for the last 12 or 18 months, and it might continue to drift a little bit higher. That's usually a bit of a headwind for house prices. You've also got mortgage rates that, even though they're coming down, they're going to settle well above their 2021 trough. They're not going to go back to those 2, 2.5%, 3% levels that we saw Uh, during that period, that was a very unusual period. They will settle higher than that. So they'll come down, but they won't come down as, as low as people did experience two or three years ago. And you've still got very low affordability. Even though prices... Uh, have come down from where they were sort of two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago. They're still well above where they were pre-COVID because they had such a good run during that low interest rate period. So affordability is still something that is is, uh, an issue in New Zealand. Can international share markets keep performing well? Yeah, I think they can, but we should definitely expect some bumps along the way, particularly after such a strong run through the back end of 2023. November and December were just stellar months for global share markets. There's some good things on the horizon uh, or right on top of us, to be honest, lower inflation. Uh, We talked about US inflation that's come down from nine to three. Uh, Similar story in the UK, it's come down from above 11 to under four. In Europe, it's come down from 10, 10 10.5 to, I think, 2.4 at the last release. So that does point to easier monetary policy, potential rate cuts in all of those regions. That will be a tailwind. Uh, And financial markets expect the first U.S. rate cut to come in March, in fact, which is only a couple of months away. Over the course of 2024, financial markets see no less than six rate cuts in the U.S., six-quarter of a percent rate cuts, which is 150 basis points of easing, or 1.5% off the Fed funds rate in total. It's at 5.5, so financial markets see it ending this year at 4. That's a big move. However, if the Fed did end up moving a little slower than some people ha- are hoping for or, or what financial markets are certainly factoring in, we, we could start to see some of those recent gains reverse temporarily uh, as people sort of have to, to um, uh, understand that slower pace of easing. So it's still up in the air as to whether they will move as aggressively as that. The same goes for productivity developments in the AAs. AI space to a degree we know that we'll get these in time but markets might start getting impatient with these high flying tech stocks if we don't see those developments happen soon enough and remember the tech sector was very strong last year the the magnificent seven nvidia microsoft others really drove that strength in the US market overall so if you do see a bit of weakness in that sector or if you see some of those um some of those stocks just moderate in terms of their their path of growth you might see the us have a more difficult year so i think that's another reason to be well diversified both in terms of looking at sectors in the us outside of those technology ones uh, and also taking a second look at some other parts of the world you know other markets around the world lagged the us last year maybe it'll be a little closer in 2024 Finally, it's a U.S. presidential election year this year, which could add to the volatility. So we've got the election on the 5th of November. Uh, The primaries will be happening soon. The primaries are where they decide who's going to run for the Republicans and the Democrats. It's looking like it'll be Biden versus Trump, a rematch. Um, uh, The first one since 1956, in fact, which will be exciting. Uh, And election years are usually good years for the U.S. share market. Since 1960, there have been 15 election years. Uh, Remember, they have an election every four years, so 15 election years since then, and 13 out of 15 have seen the market rise. There's only been two occasions where the market's fallen. One was 2000, one was 2008, uh, both of those times came with difficult economic backdrops, 2000 obviously uh, around the time of the, the dot-com bubble and um, 2008 was the GFC. So more often than not, US shares do well in an election year. But you could still see some uncertainty in the lead up to early November. It's not uncommon for markets to be quite volatile in the first half of an election year because there's that uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen, who's going to get in, what are the policy changes we're going to see. Markets don't like that uncertainty. So while they do do well in election years, the strength often comes uh, once we've put that behind us. You often get a bit of nervousness in the lead up. So uh, that is something we need to consider as well. Are New Zealand shares likely to drag the chain again in 2024? Well, the New Zealand market has lagged its international peers for the last few years, since 2020 pretty much. Before that, it outpaced them for seven of the, the last 10 years up to that period. So we had a very strong run up to 2020. We We were ahead seven out of 10 years, and since then, we've been quite weak relative to international markets last year was another example of that the NZX 50 index was uh, up 2.6 percent so that's well behind what we saw from global markets that were up 22.8 percent this was a return in 2023 from global shares So there's a big gap there and that's also well below our own 25 year average which is sort of in that eight to nine percent range so While you've got other markets around the world that are flirting with record highs, the NZX50 finished 2023 13.2% below its all-time high, which came in January 2021, so three years ago now. So we're still quite a bit below that peak, which is quite different to the likes of the United States or even Australia, which is approaching its record high. Now, one reason for that is that our share market is much more sensitive to interest rates. We've got a lot of utilities, got a lot of infrastructure, got a lot of real estate stocks. Those sectors do very well when interest rates are stable or falling. Uh, They don't do so well when interest rates are rising. And that's been the case for the last two years. So that's why we've had a tough few years. And before that, when interest rates were stable and coming down, uh, we performed quite well. So to shake off that apathy and sort of turn around that performance, I think we need to see a shift in the interest rate outlook and for declines to be upon us or on the horizon. And for me, that's something that will be a story for 2024. So I'm actually quite upbeat when it comes to the New Zealand share market for this year. I think we should, could go okay and come back into our own. Last question, have investors who've been on the sidelines missed the boat? No, they haven't. But if they stay on the sidelines for too long, they will miss the boat. Despite the negative rhetoric, 2023 was a very good year for well-diversified investors. As long as you had a good mix of um conservative assets like fixed income and equities Um, and more importantly as long as the equities the shares in your portfolio were globally diversified rather than just solely here in new zealand you should have done pretty well because new zealand fixed income had its strongest year since 2014. the nzx investment grade corporate bond index which is a total return index a good proxy for what private investors invest in in terms of their fixed income, that index was up 7.5% last year, the highest in nearly a decade. And even though local shares went sideways, you know, up 2.6%, nothing to get too excited about, international shares posted those stellar gains that were just mentioned, 20% plus. So if you're a middle of the road investor, a balanced investor, a diversified investor, someone with the sort of 60 40 type of portfolio, fixed income and 60% shares, and let's just say that the shares were a mixture of New Zealand and international, then you probably did somewhere around 9% after fees in terms of your return. So that is not bad. 9% um, from a balanced portfolio is an attractive return. Now, in contrast, sitting in the bank and term deposits or in cash would have probably given you about 5%, maybe 5.5% during 2023, And remember, the entirety of that will be taxable because all of the return that you get, the only way you get return from a term deposit or from cash in the bank is the income, um, the interest rate. And that's fully taxable because it's income. Whereas the return from your balanced portfolio will partly be capital growth. You know, your shares give you a dividend and that's taxable, but the capital gain on your shares or the change in share price for the most part is is not taxable, or it's taxed at a much lower rate. So, um, I think there's already a gap there, pre-tax, you know, nine versus five. And if you were to take sort of thirty percent tax or thirty-nine percent tax, if you're lucky enough to be very well paid, then the gap would be even bigger. And I think what that means, um, tax or no tax, those term deposit returns haven't kept pace with inflation. So, although you've done five percent five and a half percent or maybe it's three or four after tax remember inflation has been five or six percent so you haven't kept pace with the cost of living and as a result the truth is investors have sat comfortably on the sidelines throughout 2023 um in their term deposits without having to worry about ups and downs or volatility you're actually poorer than you were a year ago, because you haven't kept pace with inflation. So that's a really important concept. So although those people that have stuck with share markets and bond markets and listened to their advisor and stayed invested and uh, been in balanced portfolios or growth portfolios or whatever the case may be, uh, the reward for sitting through those ups and downs is they've actually grown their wealth in excess of inflation, whereas people who have sat on the sidelines haven't done that. Looking ahead, certainly not too late to rectify that, you know, just as an example, the NZX50 here in New Zealand is offering a gross dividend yield of 4.3%, so that's New Zealand share markets dividend yield, that's just the income you'll get, 4.3%, not too shabby, not far off the highest in four or five years, but more importantly, that income stream will grow In the coming years because the dividends that you're getting off your shares will increase as corporate earnings increase and that that looks quite different as we sit here today than the income that you'll get from your term deposits you know you're getting six percent today from your term deposits but as the ocr declines those deposit rates will follow it lower so it's a case of do you want to invest in a growing income stream or a shrinking income stream and you combine, combine that within the case of growth assets, at least like shares with some modest capital appreciation as sentiment improves, as funds move from the sidelines into more productive assets, I don't think it's a bad time to be reevaluating your investment strategy. If you've been sitting there in term deposits, then don't, don't be too cocky. You've actually got poorer over the last 12 months, and you, you probably need to think a little bit more carefully, particularly at this juncture. We're, we're probably at the top when it comes to interest rates and when they're about to head south. So uh, talk to your advisor if you want to know more about that. Obviously, everything I talk about here is general and none of it is advice because I have no idea what the financial situation for any of you out there listening is with any sort of uh, specific knowledge. All right, thanks, team. We'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.